There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. What if Jesus had highlighted the wonderful attitude of gratitude by making it the ninth beatitude? It certainly would have been appropriate and right and correct. And so on the basis of that idea, let's insert another beatitude in the list. Blessed are the grateful, for often they receive miracles from God. And that's very, very true. The word blessed means happy, supremely happy, enriched with benefits, highly favored of God, and one who attains qualities of character that God considers to be the highest good. So on the basis of all those definitions, yes, absolutely, blessed are the grateful, for they often receive miracles from God. To prove that statement, I'm going to share three stories with you, one from the Bible and two from real life. The one from the Bible is a story that's often been misrepresented, I believe, and misunderstood as a result. It's the story of Jonah. And of course, most of you know that Jonah was called of God to preach repentance to Nineveh. And instead of obeying God initially, he took off running to try and get away from the call of God. But if you ever receive a call from God, you cannot escape it. God reaches out and grabs your heart, and there's nothing that will change the fact that you have been pinpointed by heaven for a specific purpose, and that purpose will uh, pursue you just as it pursued Jonah. And of course, the whole story talks about how Jonah was on a boat headed to Tarshish, and because he was in rebellion against God, uh, a storm came on the sea. He told the men, and it was a very self-sacrificing attitude on his part, that the storm was a result of his stubborn rebellion against God, and so if they tossed him overboard, they would be saved which they reluctantly did, but as soon as they did it, the storm stopped. And then Jonah began sinking down under the waters. Now, here's where the misconceptions enter. Most people teach that Jonah was at that point swallowed by a whale and preserved alive and eventually was vomited up on the beach, but that there was never a time when he passed away or when he died. However, when you go to the second chapter of Jonah, it's very clear that he died and his soul went to the underworld where he was trapped in Sheol. And then because of the grace and the mercy of God, God gave him a second chance, which is very rare. However, I know people who have died and passed on to the next life and were not ready to do so, and so met a horrible fate, and yet God gave them a second chance. 
Again, that's a very rare thing, but it is a possibility. I believe God brought his soul back to his body, and his body at a certain point was swallowed by a great fish. Whether it's a whale or not is up to question. But that fish vomited him up on dry land, and an entire Gentile city was converted and brought to repentance as a result. Now, let me show you how I can prove that. Let's go to Jonah chapter 2, and this really ties in with the whole concept of the power of thanksgiving, the power of having a grateful heart. It starts out, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. And the whole prayer now, nine verse or eight out of those 10 verses in chapter 2 are a prayer of gratitude, a prayer of thankfulness. He said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Now listen to the next line. He said, out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. He did not say out of the belly of a whale or out of the belly of a great fish. He said, out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and that's the Hebrew equivalent of the Greek word Hades. It was the underworld where there was a chamber for the righteous called Abraham's bosom, a chamber for the wicked, and an impassable gulf in between. Jesus brought that out in his parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Now, that was all prior to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in which those ultimate uh, outcomes of death shifted. And now, if a person dies and that person is born again, and Jesus is Lord of his or her life, immediately that soul goes to paradise, to the third heaven. Thank God for the shift, right? But Jonah said, out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. Now he's thanking God, because when he was in Sheol, God responded to his prayer. And then continue with me, Jonah chapter 2. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again to your holy temple. The waters surrounded me even to my soul, Jonah said. The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Here's a powerful verse and proof of my theory. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. So Jonah was in the lower parts of the earth, the location of Sheol, of Hades. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. The King James Version says those who forsake, who, who regard lying vanities forsake their own mercy. And it was a lying vanity that he could escape from God. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving, Jonah said. I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So he made three commitments. And the first one was the commitment to have a thankful heart. 
I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. Number two, I will pay that which I have vowed. In other words, I'm going to keep my commitments to God. And then number three, salvation is of the Lord. And the word translated Lord, there's the tetragrammaton, the four-letter name for God. Yahweh is the correct pronunciation, I believe. So he acknowledges that he cannot save himself, that salvation comes from God, from Yahweh the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So those three commitments will aid anyone who is drowning. You may feel like your life is a living hell. You may feel like you're drowning mentally, drowning emotionally, drowning spiritually. But the same thing that caused Jonah to be rescued will rescue you. And that was his commitment to have a thankful heart. No matter how tough things may be in your life, find those things you can be thankful for. Thank God for what he has done, and automatically he will speak into your life new things. Now, this is not predictably mechanical. It's not something where you enter in a certain programming command into your computer in order to get the exact response you expect. God is not like a great computer that can be manipulated by the right kind of formula, but it is relational. And just like your wife or your husband appreciates gratitude when you mention thanks for something he or she has done, then in like manner, God appreciates thankfulness and gratitude on the part of his people. And the Bible said, even though Jonah never asked to be delivered from the belly of the whale, he never asked for God to change his circumstance. He was just thankful for what God had already done, that his soul had come back to his body. And there's no place where he requests anything different from God. He never asked for impact in Nineveh. He just thanked God for bringing him out of the lower parts of the earth. He said, the earth with her bars was over me forever. But he said that God brought him out because he cried to God out of Sheol, and he was so thankful. Well, why don't you look back into your past and find times in your life where you felt like you were drowning? And begin to thank God for those times. Begin to thank God that he intervened in your life. Begin to thank God that things changed. Begin to thank God that somehow, some way, the light shone forth in the darkness. And see if that doesn't bring you to a whole new level spiritually of expectancy and miraculous manifestation. God may well work a miracle in your life if you quit focusing on the negative, if you quit complaining, if you quit talking about what's wrong and start thanking him for what has gone right. I have a fantastic real life story that illustrates this truth. I met this man many years ago when I ministered in a church in Tampa, Florida, and the pastor pulled me into his study and said, you've got to hear this. One of his church members had come to church that morning and shared this with him, and the pastor wanted to share it with me. So he asked the man to repeat the story to me now. And it was absolutely amazing. This man was a tall African-American, big husky man, and he had gone out on Tampa Bay the weekend prior to go fishing. And he'd made some really 
bad mistakes. Number one, he couldn't swim. And number two, he didn't take a life jacket with him. And number three, he didn't take any oars with him uh, in case the motor on his little boat failed, which unfortunately happened because he hit some like seaweed type growth that was floating on the surface of the water and it jammed the motor and the motor quit. And he tried to pull the weeds out and couldn't dislodge them as good as necessary. And uh, so he leaned over a little bit too far to try and disengage the weeds and ended up toppling over into the water. Now, remember, I told you he couldn't swim. So he's thrashing around in the water, trying desperately to stay afloat. And in the process of falling, he tried to kick his foot out to hook it on the side of the boat in order to pull the boat toward him. Unfortunately, instead, he kicked the boat and that helped the current in the bay push it even further away from him. So he's in a grave, grave dilemma. Well, he sunk one time. He went down under the water and started sinking deeper and held his breath as long as he could and then fought his way to the surface and somehow gasped for breath and managed to stay afloat a few seconds, but then went down under the water a second time and started sinking and then fought his way to the surface and gasped for air. If he'd only known that by relaxing, if you just relax, your body will float to the surface by itself. Most people drown because they get in a desperate state and they panic. And it's the panicking that jeopardizes their situation even worse. But anyway, he sunk down under the water the third time and he knew he was a goner. His strength was completely sapped. He couldn't fight his way to the surface again. So he's reconciling himself with the idea that he's going to be dead in a few seconds. And he had been born again uh, just recently before that. Um, I think maybe he had been saved about a year where he knew the Lord and the Lord was in his life and he had a relationship with God. Well, he started thinking about the fact that he would be face to face with God in just a few moments. And he said, (laughs) he told me that day, he said, I got so happy thinking about it that that I almost, uh, he said, I almost just uh, forgot that I was in the midst of drowning. And then he said he heard a voice. Certainly it was the voice of God, but he heard this voice ringing in his mind. And that voice said, if you're going to die, you need to die doing the will of God. And he thought, that's strange. And I told him, that sounds strange to me. How in the world can you do the will of God in the middle of drowning to death? He said, I thought that was impossible and ridiculous. But he said, all of a sudden, that voice spoke a second time and quoted 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He thought, well, I can do that. I can do that. And so he's still sinking. Now, all this is happening within just a few seconds. And he started thanking God for every good thing he could think to thank God for. 
thanking him for his salvation, thanking him that he was born again, thanking him that his sins were washed away, thanking the Lord Jesus Christ for his death on Calvary and how that gave him hope that he had the gift of eternal life. And then he heard the voice another time, and the voice said, and and this is about the will of God also, I will that all men everywhere lift holy hands without wrath and without doubt. That was a statement Paul made in one of his epistles to Timothy. And my friend said, well, I thought, what better position to be in to die than with my hands lifted? I can do that. So he's only got a few seconds of breath left. And with all of his might, he had very little strength, but with all of his might, he pushed his hands up so that he could be praising God and thanking God as he exited from this world, not knowing that when he lifted his hands, one of his hands went above the surface of the water from the wrist up. And there just happened to be a Coast Guard boat going by that saw his abandoned boat and saw his hand come up out of the water, and they rushed over and pulled him into the Coast Guard boat. And he's alive today to tell about it, because even when he was drowning, he maintained an attitude of gratitude. He decided in everything he would give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And he began thanking God over every good thing God had done in his life that he could think of at the moment. What about you, though? Are you drowning emotionally and mentally and spiritually? In any particular area of your life, do you feel overwhelmed? Does it seem impossible to rise above it? Try expressing gratitude today. I have another story, a miraculous story that's very close to my heart. It's my father's salvation. When I first came to the Lord Jesus Christ out of Eastern religions, I was a teacher of yoga and meditation at four universities. I ran a yoga ashram, and then wonderfully, Jesus manifested himself to me in a series of events that changed my life. Divine intervention uh, was the root cause for it because I didn't believe in Christianity. I didn't think the Bible was true, and yet God revealed to me how Uh, the plan of salvation as outlined in scripture is true. A former teacher of yoga picked me up hitchhiking and led me to the Lord. Well, I became very vocal and passionate about sharing it with my family as well. My mother was one of my first converts. She gave her heart to the Lord Jesus Christ readily. But my father, I think, had been damaged by church. There was a certain point where he ceased being a very fervent and passionate Catholic and he quit church, and he was very uh, closed about talking religious matters. And when I was born again, and when I experienced the reality of Jesus, I tried to share it with him, and he was not receptive. And for 12 years, he remained very closed that way, and there was no way I could share with him the biblical principles that had changed my life. But then it all changed because for 12 years, I sought God for him. My mother interceded for him. My mother even went on a 40-day fast in his behalf. And one night, with no warning, out of the blue, he calls me about 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And he said, Mike, I've got to tell you what happened to me today. And he proceeded to tell me how he had developed a neck condition seven days prior. 
and a vertebrae had slipped out of place in his neck so that his neck was locked in a bowed position like this. If he talked, he had to talk to you this way. If he ate a meal, he had to eat a meal that way. He couldn't move. He was just locked in that position. Finally, he checked into the hospital, hoping that maybe they could help him, and they assigned him to a room. He laid down in bed and grabbed the remote, and the remote didn't work. The television was non-functional. So he was laying there, and he thought, here I am laying in the hospital. I've got hours ahead of me with nothing to do. And then it dawned on him, why not just thank God for every good thing he did, he's ever done in your life? So he started in his earliest memories and went all the way back to his early childhood, two or three, four years older, maybe even prior to that, things he knew about that he had to be thankful for. And it took him two hours. Can you imagine? Two hours he went through every little detail of his life growing up as a child, as a teenager, when he went into the Navy. And every good thing, every beneficial thing, every blessing, he thanked God for. And then he said, Mike, I ran out of things to thank God for, so I just started praising God because he's God. I said, Dad, that's a biblical principle. In Psalm 100, it says, to enter into God's gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. He said, well, I don't know about that. He said, I've never heard that, but all I know is what happened next. I said, well, what did happen next? He said, while I was praising God. Now, remember, he had dismissed all the biblical information I had tried to share with him at that point in his life. But he said, while I was praising God, all of a sudden, a golden light came in the hospital room. The face of Jesus appeared in the light, battered and beaten and crowned with thorns. And then suddenly the golden light turned to a crimson red and waves of red light began pouring over him. And he said, I knew I was being bathed in the blood of Jesus and I knew I was being born again. And he just broke down crying when he said it. And I cried with him. And for the next month, every time I talked to him, he'd end up in tears, tears of gratitude that the Lord Jesus had manifested himself to him in such a supernatural way. And I learned something really valuable from that. Just like the story of the man who was drowning, my father, in a sense, pierced the veil of separation between him and God with a grateful heart with a thankful heart. And he captured the attention of God. He captured the heart of God. And the Lord Jesus Christ manifested himself to my father supernaturally in such a way to cause all of his doubts, all of his religious hangups to just melt away. And I don't know what disappointed him about Christianity and why he withdrew from it at a certain point in his life, but I know an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ made all the difference and changed his life dramatically. He eventually became a Sunday school teacher in a church in North Carolina where he and my mother were retired and they had a cabin up in the mountains. Now, let me give you an acrostic for the word thanks. T-H-A-N-K-S, T, to be thankful, tames the turmoil of the mind. 
H, it helps the focus of the heart. A, it acknowledges the goodness of God. N, it nullifies the influence of the enemy, satanic powers that want to rob you of the good things of God. K, it kindles the fire of joy and zeal. And S, it sanctifies the moment by cleansing it of all negativity. And I challenge you to do that. I challenge you to have a thankful heart. Go to God in prayer today. Do what Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 commands us to do. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, the shalom of God that passes understanding will keep or guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So there you have it, three stories, one out of the Bible and two real-life stories that prove the power of thanksgiving. If you implement it in your life, I believe it will change your life. And I do want to mention that the story of Jonah is something I go into in much greater detail in a book, which was actually number one on Amazon for a while, a book called Powerful Prayers for Supernatural Results. There's 10 prayers out of the Bible that I highlight in this book, and one of them is the prayer of Jonah. I go into a lot greater detail. You can go to shreveministries.org or thetruelight.net and order this book. Have a thankful and grateful heart in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shreve's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.